welcome to Kingwood United Methodist Church. Thank you for joining us today. Wherever you're listening from and whatever service you're listening to, we strongly believe because of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, there is always more to life. Well, good morning. It is good to be with you all again this Sunday. My name is Pastor Jeremy Bass. Great to be with you all here. We're continuing our Lent sermon series on prayer as we descend down to the cross and then ultimately looking forward to the resurrection. And as we looked, we're, we're called this series, Seek My Face, about how during Lent, can we be a people of prayer? Can we be a church who prays? Can we form our faith around seeking the face of God through prayer? The first week, we talked about how prayer is inherently formational, that prayer forms our souls. And last week, we talked about how our prayers ought to be simple and honest. And how it's through our simple and raw honesty with God that the Lord is able to move and work in our prayers and how we just overcomplicate it too many times. And today we're going to be talking about how our prayers should be tenacious, how we should pray continuously, how we should be tenacious with our prayers. The scripture reading for this morning is going to be in the Gospel of Luke, if you want to open up your Bibles, if you have them. We're going to be in Luke chapter 18, starting in verse 1. It'll be up on the screens as well. This is the word of the Lord. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He told them, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the same plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and get it quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? The word of God for you and me, the people of God. Thanks be to God. I love this parable. I love the parables of Jesus where he tells you the point of it right out of the gate. And that's exactly what he does here with this parable. Jesus told them this parable so that they should always pray and not give up. Jesus right here tells us uh, that we should be a people in our prayer lives that are tenacious. That we should be a people in our prayer lives that we don't give up in praying. And Jesus tells us this parable to illustrate why we ought not to give up. Why we ought not to give up the importance of tenacity in our prayers. And so it starts off, Jesus describes this woman who's in the middle of a very difficult circumstance. So it's a widow, so it's someone who's outside of the normal means of protection in society. And then you also have this woman who has received some type of injustice. Scripture is not really clear on what exactly that means, but she is a woman in need and a woman in the midst of an unjust situation. And so there's this other character, this unjust judge. Scripture says, neither fears God nor cares about what people thinks. In other words, you can't guilt him into anything and you can't say, well, God's going to hold you accountable because he doesn't care. 
And so this woman, in the middle of her unjust situation, goes before him day and night, crying out for justice, crying out for this judge to do something. And the scripture says that because this woman kept going to the judge again and again and again, that it was her annoyance of him or her nagging of him or her persistence, her tenacity of going to this judge over and over and over again, that this judge decides to relent and give justice to this woman. And the kind of the lesson that we see here is that we should be people who are like this woman, who are always and constantly, consistently going before the Lord in prayer, especially when we find ourselves in unjust situations. Uh, Kind of the scriptural definition of injustice is uh, when things aren't the way that they ought to be. Whether that's societal injustice, personal injustice, it's when things in our lives aren't what they ought to be. And the underlying uh, assumption behind this is that if this unjust judge will grant justice for this woman, how much more will God? How much more will God do who does not, uh, who loves people, who loves justice, who is so much infinitely better, infinitely more good than this unjust judge? Wouldn't us asking this God do something? Wouldn't asking this God do something? How much more will God answer our prayers? But the story ends with a question. Jesus asks his followers, when the Son of Man comes back, like imagine just Jesus, just like poof, right there. Jesus is right here. If Jesus came back right now, would he find faith like this? In other words, would he find us praying like this woman? Or would he find a people who very quickly give up on prayer? Very quickly give up on our requests? Will God come and find us tenaciously praying like this woman? We see in this text a few different kind of points about tenacity and points about how we ought to pray the first is uh, that the woman asks God for things, that the, or the woman asks the judge for things, and there's this underlying assumption that we should be people who ask God. And uh, this is a Spurgeon quote that I read this week that I really love. He says, asking is the rule of the kingdom. That asking God is the rule of the kingdom. Uh, I can't recommend enough this Pete Gregg book that I mentioned a couple weeks ago. I don't have it with me. I forgot it. Um, but it's called a simple, How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Simple People. Pete Gregg, G-R-E-I-G, Pete Gregg. Uh, he also has a book about listening to the voice of God, if that's something that you're also interested in. Um, but he is an incredible, credible author. So I was reading his book in preparation for this week, and I pulled a lot of the material out of it because he just had so much wisdom to give. And he says this about prayer. He says, people who don't pray don't truly believe that God answers prayer. Because if we truly believed in our hearts that our requests that we make to God move him and that he answers our prayers, then we would be a people who pray all the time. What he's getting at here is our practice really betrays what we really believe. 
Uh, We can say we believe in the power of prayer. We can say we believe that our prayers make a difference. But yet if we're not actively praying, if we're not consistently praying, then what our actions show is that our heart truly doesn't believe that our prayers are making a difference. Are we willing to be people who ask for God to move in our lives, to ask him for miraculous things in our lives? And miraculous just simply meaning situations that we don't think could ever possibly change. Situations or circumstances that we think are immovable and that nothing can possibly change in this situation. Are we willing to ask God for impossible things? I love this other quote Pete Gregg lifts up. It says, miracles is just a word that we use for the things the powers of this world have deluded us into thinking that God is unable to do. In other words, miracles is just what we describe what the world has told us is impossible. And yet we find God is able to do. So if we've been deluded by the powers of the world, Has our unbelief in God to answer prayer stopped us from asking prayer like this woman asked of this judge? Or are we so easily giving up in prayer because we don't believe God is truly answering our prayers? Pete Gregg says this about asking for prayer, asking God for things. He says, it's not enough to sit silently in the crowd wishing for a miracle. That every single miracle Jesus does, the person goes up and asks God. That asking is the rule of the kingdom. And yet so oftentimes I think we love to be people who sit in the crowd waiting for God, waiting for him. And so the question then is, why does God ask us? Why does God want us to ask? Why does God want us to be, why is the rule of the kingdom asking One of the hearts of prayer is asking God for things. Last week we talked about how Scripture says that God already knows what we need before we even go and ask of him. And so why is it that we need to be a people who ask him if God already knows what we need? Why do I need to go and ask God for things? Because the underlying point behind this passage is we should be people who are constantly asking, but the question ultimately is why do we need to do that? Pete Gregg lifts up three kind of points uh, why God wants us to ask. The first is that asking is relational. Asking is relational. You have to go and ask God for something. You have to go and seek his face. You have to interact with him. That Jesus, when he blesses people, he doesn't want to just bless nameless faces in a crowd. He wants to bless you. He wants to have an interaction with you. That for God, it's not enough just to do things for us. Jesus wants to know us and interact with us as he answers our prayers. And so when we ask, it's a relational act with the Lord. Second reason why God wants us to ask is because asking is vulnerable. Asking is vulnerable. We talked about this a bit last week, but there's a humility that comes when we say to the Lord that we need him, 
that the situation or the circumstance in our life has become unmanageable and we are in need of God to do something in our lives, that there's a vulnerability that we open ourselves up to. When you think about all the miracle stories in the Gospels, it's people coming to Jesus saying, I can't do this, but you can. That there's a vulnerability when we ask the Lord in prayer, God, I need my marriage to be saved. God, I need to be freed from this addiction. God, I need you to help me with my kids. God, I need a new job. The one that I have is crushing my soul. There's a vulnerability that comes when we open ourselves up to God when we ask him for things. Third reason I think the Lord wants us to ask is because asking is intentional. Asking is intentional. When we pray to God, we include our wills in our asking, that we choose to go to God in prayer. Because the reality is is that we are not mindless robots. Uh, The Lord gives us free will to pray to God or not. No one forces you to pray. I can't force you to pray. Even when we do a guided prayer like this, I can't, or we did earlier, I can't force you to pray anything. God can't force you to pray. We have to choose to go to the Lord in prayer. Because God's given us free will and he respects us too much to trample over our free will. And so there's an intentionality that involves when we ask God for things, when we choose to go to him in prayer. That God is sitting there welcoming us, waiting us for us when we pray. But we have to be people who choose to go to the God who has his arms open up for us. Thanks again for joining us for today's message. We will return to the sermon in a moment. But first, we would like to ask for you to rate, share, and subscribe to our podcast. We believe God is doing some amazing things here at KUMC, and your feedback helps our church to reach new listeners that we wouldn't otherwise be able to reach. Now, let's get back to the work. So that's why asking is the rule of the kingdom. Because God wants our whole selves. God wants us to choose him. God wants to transform us. And we have to choose to go to the Lord. And we pray to the Lord. We fundamentally pray and ask things of God. Because we believe that God does answer prayers. I love this quote by William Temple. I think this is a good way to think about God answering prayers. He says, when I pray, coincidences happen. And when I don't, they don't. I think we overcomplicate what it looks like for God to answer a prayer. I think oftentimes we're wanting like a big trumpet coming from the sky and the clouds part and the ray of sunshine magically shines on us and God says, I have answered your prayer. But what if oftentimes God answering prayer is more like this? Coincidence is happening. I'm praying for my marriage and then suddenly uh, a root issue that I didn't know was an issue comes to my mind. I'm praying for the Lord to free me from an addiction and the Lord shows me what the reason that I have this addiction is. What if it's coincidences like that that God answers prayer? And when we pray to God, we believe that we influence the will of God. 
When we pray, we believe that our prayers influence God. We don't manipulate or control God because God has a free will as well. But over and over and over in Scripture, we see that the prayers of his people influence God. Uh, in Exodus, uh, the Israelites do the golden calf and God's really upset and he says, I'm going to destroy this people. And then Moses goes and intercedes before them on their behalf. And Moses says, do not destroy the people that you have just rescued up from Egypt. And the scripture says, the Lord relented and changed his mind and did not bring upon the disaster for his people. There's a king, uh, I think it's King Hezekiah in scripture, where uh, the prophet says that this sickness that you have, it's going to kill you. And then Hezekiah goes to the Lord in prayer and he prays, God, don't let this sickness kill me. And says that the Lord uh, answered his prayer and the Lord did not let that illness kill him. That scripture shows us that our prayers influence God, but we don't manipulate or control God. And so when God calls us to pray tenaciously, it's because we believe that in the act of praying, that thus choosing of asking these things of God, that they are actually doing things. That we are actually influencing the will of God with our prayers. Because he asks us to. Second point that we kind of see from this passage is that praying tenaciously is an act of faith. Praying tenaciously is an act of faith. Uh, choosing to pray the same prayer over and over and over again, it's not something that we particularly like to do or something that comes naturally to us. I've kind of mentioned this a lot, but we live in this sort of Amazon culture, which is I want it, I order it, and I get it as soon as, I, as, soon as possible. You can even pay extra to get it here sooner. That's just sort of the culture and the society that we live in, just this expectation that if I want something, I can get it as soon as possible. If I want to rent a movie, I can rent it within 30 seconds. If I want a, a motorcycle, I can order it off of Amazon, and it can be here as soon as I want it to be. That's just sort of this idea that we, we think it, we want it, we ask for it, and we get it. And yet, we see that oftentimes... Most of the time, God doesn't quite work like that. That we ask, sometimes it's a we ask and boom, instant miracle, great job, great prayer. God decided that this is the instantaneous moment. But oftentimes, there's a persistence and a tenacity that needs to accompany our prayers. A perseverance that needs to accompany our prayers. Jesus says it right here in the parable. He's like, hey, I'm telling you this story because there's going to be times in your prayer life in which you're going to feel like giving up praying. There's going to be times when you're asking for this thing over and over and over again. You're going to wonder, should I keep praying or should I give up? Jesus says, I'm telling you this so that you will not give up. So will there be faith like this when the Son of Man returns? Not faith in faith's sake, but faith in the one who can do infinitely more than we ask or imagine. It means that we're putting our faith in God, not putting faith in our faith, that our call, the call in our lives is to be faithful, to choose daily to go to God in prayer again and again and again because of who he is and his character and his promises for us. 
We saw in the video of Jeannie's testimony that she felt that call to faithfully go to the Lord in prayer every day for her daughter, and it was a decade-long journey with God. And yet she chose daily to go to the Lord in prayer because she had faith in the character of God, faith in the one that she was praying to. At a healing and prayer service a little bit ago, uh, the Lord told me to pray for a certain church member until they're healed. And so I've been doing that every day, and I do that not because of the faith and the power of my own prayers, but I do it because of my faith in the one who I know can answer that prayer. It's this tenacity that God calls us to be in prayer, this relentlessness, this unyielding pursuit of the character of God. D.L. Moody, a famous Christian in the 20th century, he had a list near the end of his life of about 100 Christians, 100 non-Christians, that every day he would pray for them to come to salvation. He prayed for them every single day. He did that for over 15 years. And on the day that he died, 96 of them had come to faith in Christ. And then at his funeral, the last four came to salvation and so D.L. Moody chose to tenac- with tenaciousness to pray for that list every single day, and the fruit of that was a hundred more people in the kingdom of God. Do we believe that our tenacious prayers make a difference? Do we believe that going and grabbing the throne of God makes a difference if we do it day in and day out like this woman here in this parable? David Thomas at New Room, he's one of the leaders of New Room. He's kind of their prayer guru. Uh, I was listening to a talk back of him at New Room, and he had this quote, and it really struck a chord with me. He said this, we will do everything for our kids. We'll go to the PTA meetings. We'll sign up to volunteer at their activities. We'll sign them up for activities. We'll hire tutors and specialists to train them for said activities. We'll go to their games and all their activities, and we spend all the energy that we can on them. And yet, how much time and energy do we invest in praying for them day in and day out? And the point that he makes is there's really nothing wrong with these things. There's nothing wrong with these activities. But do we believe that going to the throne of God in prayer for our children, in prayer for our situations, in prayer for our jobs, our marriages, our relationships, do we believe that that does anything and that is one of the primary calls of God on our life? That when we go before the throne of God and intercede for the situations that we want to be changed to intercede for our children, do we believe that this is something that makes a difference? Or do we believe that we're shouting at a wall? Are we willing to be tenacious like this woman to go to God every single day with the cry of our heart? Do we believe that this is something that can make a difference? Jesus, in his Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. It's a daily need to go before God. And so why does God ask us to pray like this? Why isn't he just uh, catered to our Amazon culture where, boom, I pray it once, I'm all good? Why can't God be like that? It's because what I mentioned in our first uh, sermon for the series. Prayer forms our souls. And our tenacity forms our souls as well. 
Because oftentimes, let's say like we're praying for our marriage and uh, we're praying that God would fix our marriage and the Lord says, I want to fix your marriage, but you know what? There's like 10 other things over here that I gotta fix first. I gotta fix you, I gotta fix your spouse, I have to fix all these sort of dynamics going on. And in order to do this, I have to do this first. And it's gonna take some time for me to deal with this before I can get to this. And we see the formation that God can bring as we go to him day in and day out and we learn to connect with the one who has the power to change and set us free. And God works on the transformation of our hearts as well. Sometimes when I'm doing healing prayer with someone, uh, they'll come to me with an issue and they'll say, this is what I want prayer for. And then in the middle of doing prayer for that person, uh, the Lord will kind of reveal in the middle of that session that, you know what, here's kind of the deeper root that's the real issue that I want you to pray for. And sometimes in our tenacity, the Lord shows us the deeper underlying issues in our lives that he wants to deal with that then fix the issues above. Or sometimes we're just praying the wrong prayer. You know, if a child comes to you and asks for a pony every single day, uh, even if they ask you every single day, will you give them a pony? No, probably not, unless you have a good pony lander. You really like ponies, yeah. The Lord, uh, and so sometimes we, our prayers are like asking God for the pony, Sometimes the Lord wants to correct us and say, instead of praying this, I want you to pray this instead. The Lord's often done that in my life where I'm tenaciously praying after something and God says, uh, you're almost there, but I would like you to pray for this instead. This is a little more on the nose of what you really need. Here's that scripture that says, uh, ask and you will find, or ask and you will find, knock and the door will be opened unto you. Seek and you will find, ask and it will be given to you. Uh, I was reading a commentary about that passage this week that said it could better be translated, uh, keep asking, keep knocking, keep seeking. Because God is patient and we are impatient. God thinks in terms of centuries and millenniums. We think in terms of weeks and months. So it seems like a long time for us is a blink of an eye to the Lord. And so God calls us to be tenacious in our prayers. I'm going to invite the band back up. You know, I was in, in my prayer time this morning. Uh, I was listening to the Lord about my own personal life. And I've been praying tenaciously about this one thing for a while. And I was like, God, when are you going to do something about this? Like, I'm ready. Tell me when you're going to answer it. I need to know the date and time when you're going to answer this prayer. <laughs> And the Lord spoke to me and he said, are you willing to let me surprise you at all? But sometimes in our tenacity, the Lord surprises us when he answers our prayers. Uh, there's a story in church history. It's one of my favorite stories. I've told it a few times, but it just so fits perfectly here. It's the story of Augustine and Monica. St. Augustine is one of the most brilliant men in church history, uh, most of Western theology, so like Roman Catholicism and Protestantism are founded, have this foundation of Augustine's theology and belief about God. Um, but Augustine wasn't always a Christian. Augustine grew up in the faith, and then he went off to Rome to study rhetoric, and he left the faith, and he joined sort of this cult sect, and his mom, Monica, was a very faithful Christian and was devastated when Augustine left the faith. 
And so she would try to, she would write Augustine all the time. Whenever she would visit Augustine, she would talk about God to him all the time. And she said, whenever I talk to Augustine about God, he just seemed to get further and further away from him. And she says that I resolved to talk less to my son about God and more to talk to God about my son. And that led her to a 17-year journey of prayer for Augustine, where Augustine did come back to the faith, but it was through this uh, mother's tears, this mother's tenacity, this mother's desire to not let go of the throne of God until the Lord had answered her. Augustine would call himself uh, the child of my mother's tears for the rest of his life. Do we believe that we should pray like this? Pete Gregg uses this illustration. If an angel came to you and he said, the very next prayer that you're going to answer, the very next pray that you, prayer that you pray will be answered, would we pray that prayer? Yes or no? I think every single one of us would say yes. He said, but if that same angel came to you and said, I want you to pray every single day and then your prayer will be answered on the 365th day, would we still do it? I think most of us would say yes. If we know that the prayer will be answered, we will continue praying even if it's a year later. And the point that Pete Gregg makes is that we have no idea what day our prayer is going to be answered. And so we shouldn't give up in our prayers, that we are not called to abandon praying just because we haven't seen the results of it, but rather we are called to pray tenaciously to be like this widow, to be people who, if Jesus returned today, would see our faith because we know who we've put our faith in, that we've chosen to tenaciously go after him day in and day out. You may have noticed on your seats, there's uh, note cards. I didn't bring one up, but they're on your seats. You saw them. Um, in Jeannie's video, one thing that she mentioned is that uh, the community of faith surrounded her and prayed for her daughter as well. We believe that praying and praying tenaciously for things is something we're meant to do together. So before you come up and take communion, I would just spend some time in the Lord with prayer and ask him, what is he calling you to pray tenaciously about? What's that situation, what's that relationship that God is asking you to pray tenaciously about? I would encourage you to write it down, and then you'll pin it on the foam board either up here, or we have them in the back as well, as a statement of faith that I will pray not only for my community, but I will pray for this as well. So as you pass by it, say a prayer for all the things on it as you come up and take communion. But we remember that on the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body which is broken for you whenever you eat of it. Do it in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to God and he said, this is my blood of the new covenant. Whenever you drink of it, do it in remembrance of me. And so, Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by your blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until you come in final victory and we feast at your heavenly banquet. As we pray the prayer that your Son taught us to pray, 
saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Well, friends, we'll have two different communion stations, two in the back, two at the front. It's also prayer shawl Sunday, so if you or someone you know is in need of a prayer shawl for what they're going through, just grab one and just sign out who it's for and who's taking it. Um, We also have gluten-free crackers, whatever you want to call them, uh, both at the front and the back. You just simply need to ask of them. But friends, the table is set. Would you all come and receive?